Dr. Blake to reception, Dr. Blake. We find ourselves in a psychiatrist's office inside of a medium security psychiatric prison. It's a gothic looking space that looks more like an ornate living room than a doctor's office. Sunlight streams in through the windows as we join a group therapy session already underway. The conversation is centered around a new patient to the facility. Her name is Nika, and her history is a violent one. She's a mass murderer, having been convicted of five different deaths. The other residents, understandably, are a little bit nervous about having Nika there. The psychiatrist leading the group assures them that Nika is not a danger to anyone, certainly not anymore. But the other prisoners, they aren't buying it. They are still scared, and that's when the doctor tells the group that he might just have something that will help. He walks behind his desk and reveals a large doll. It looks like a little boy with bright blue eyes, shoulder-length red hair, and overalls. And then, as a surprise to everyone in the room, the doll blinks his eyes and begins to speak. Hi, the doll says. I'm Chucky. Want to play? Yes, it's that Chucky. The creepy talking doll star of the Child's Play movies. And that was a scene from the most recent installment of the franchise called Cult of Chucky, which, for those keeping score, is number seven in the series. And at the risk of giving away spoilers, I think it's probably pretty safe to ruin what is probably the least surprising part of the movie for you right now, which is that when this particular talking doll is around, there's a pretty good chance that someone is going to die. Or, as with the case of Cult of Chucky, many people will die. And no, Chucky didn't get hacked. He's more possessed, I think. And for the record, this was actually the first Chucky movie I've ever watched, so I'm a little fuzzy on his origin story. But to me, Chucky has always been the most famous example of a smart toy gone bad. And it's not just in the movies where bad stuff like this happens. Well, maybe not toys on a killing spree bad, but bad nonetheless. For example, last February... A German government agency instructed parents to destroy any My Friend Kayla talking dolls they might have in their homes. Their concerns were that Kayla could not only listen to their children's conversations, but could also speak back to them as well, all of which could be hacked. The company that produces Kayla said not to worry, though. The examples of hacking that the concerns were based on were isolated ones and were carried out by specialists. Personally, I'm still worried. And then there was a story about the smart toys called Cloud Pets. These totally adorable stuffies were designed to allow parents and kids to exchange cutesy messages through their Cloud Pet. Problem is, though, that apparently the Cloud Pets may have also been storing personal account information as well as the voice recordings online on what has been reported to be some sort of insecure database. And according to the website Motherboard, two million of these personal Cloud Pet recordings were leaked. Great. But the craziest thing to me is that you can still buy a My Friend Kayla doll, as well as a Cloud Pets animal. Pretty easily, in fact, which got me to wondering that given all the bad press around these types of toys, have their vulnerabilities been made secure, or are they still, in fact, hackable? We're about to find out. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack. Their principal target is you. 
The design is complete. But will it work? Shake hands with danger. My name is Jeff Siskin, and I'm here with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. And Bruce, in just a few moments, a hacker is going to show me just how hackable two different smart dolls are. But before I get into that, I have an even more important question for you. Have you ever seen a Chucky movie? Oh, my goodness. Child's Play? Yeah, those are frightening. They're frightening. And I actually, before doing this episode, I hadn't seen any of them. I watched my first Chucky movie uh, on an airplane researching for this episode, the most recent one, Cult of Chucky. <laughs> They're crazy. <laughs> they are. They're nuts. They're nuts. And, and uh, even though Chucky, I don't, I don't know what the origin story of Chucky is. I don't think he got hacked. But somehow in my mind, he's the granddaddy of hackable toys. Well, you know, I would I would honestly say I I would say that the Teddy Ruxpin was probably oh, the granddaddy the of Teddy hackable Ruxpin, toys. Teddy Ruxpin, the the 1980s possibly. Yeah. There. Did you put did you put a cassette tape into you the back? You put a cassette of... tape in the back and for our younger listeners, those are things that predate CDs. And CDs are things that predate, you know, MP3s. Um, but yeah, you would put a, a cassette tape and it would, you know, mouth along. So, of course, my friends and I would have Teddy Ruxpin saying terrible things and, you know, <laughs> which I think technically would qualify as a hack. So today we're looking at a couple of dolls, the My Friend Kayla doll, which is a doll that can talk to kids in some way. Right. The other one we're doing are cloud pets, which are these adorable uh -huh. plush toys. The one we bought off Amazon, it's a bunny rabbit. He's, he's very, very cute. We're curious to see whether in fact, are these in fact hackable? Are they still hackable? If the fact you can buy them on Amazon, is that still a problem? I just want to get the bigger picture, though, because even though we're looking at these two dolls, it's a much bigger issue than that, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a much bigger issue, right? I mean, we're, we're focusing on these two dolls, but we saw a couple of um, smart dolls come out maybe, I want to say, three years ago that very quickly people found had the same issues, right? Where it was, you know, they were recording conversations from the kid and storing them on a cloud server and a server that was realistically fairly insecure, and people were able to hack those fairly easily. I want to play something for you, Bruce. All right. So another thing we researched as we were getting ready for this is we looked back, and, and I know you were hacking Teddy Ruxpin uh -huh. uh, back in uh, 1922 when you were a child. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tell you, snow was up to here. But we went back to what I consider, and this is very unscientific, but I consider the mother of talking doll hacks. And uh, our story producer, Pedro Mendez, tracked down a guy... Mike Bonanno, who rose to fame as part of the counterculture group, the Yes Men. But before he was in the Yes Men, back in 1993, he was part of another group called the Barbie Liberation Organization. No, I remember that. Pedro Mendez spoke with Mike Bonanno, and I'm going to play that for you now. My name is Mike Bonanno. I am with a group called the Yes Men. And uh, we infiltrate uh, official events as people in power. And then we create comedy once we're inside, comedy that reveals something about the nature of the, those power relationships. Basically, it's we're a bit like if you crossed Michael Moore and Borat. And now this is something that you've been doing for quite some time. And of course, you know, I'm talking about uh, almost 25 years ago and the Barbie Liberation Organization. Can you, can you tell me exactly what did you guys do to the Barbie and G.I. Joe dolls. So it was pretty simple. It was just um, cutting them apart and then taking out the electronics and um, hacking them up a bit so they could 
fit in the other doll and swapping them. So it was just switching the voice boxes. Um, but after that, it was also very carefully putting them back in their packaging and putting them back on store shelves to be purchased again. How many do you think you guys actually were able to, to, to do? In reality, it was probably only 70. And I was actually the only person who was really doing the um, surgery. The first one probably took me all day to figure out how to do it because it involved making several incisions. Cracking the dolls apart was harder than one would think because the seams, once they're glued, are stronger than the plastic itself. And so it, it took me a while to figure out how to, how to open them in a way that wasn't very invasive. Once you had this done, what did you think would happen once the toys were back on the store shelves? Well, the idea was that people would buy them, take them home, and then call the numbers that I'd added to the packaging on the inside. So I altered the instructions so that it included information on local media so they could people would basically call their local media to complain um, automatically because that's the first number they would find. And so the idea was to create this kind of media spectacle where people would be talking about these gender stereotypes. And it did work. Why do you think it worked? Like, why do you think it became viral? When you saw G.I. Joe say, I love to shop with you, there's something that's so clearly revealed in that. And so it's so easy and clear. And, you know, it's just like a simple binary switch that reveals what's wrong with the toy in the first place. You know, you see Barbie saying dead men tell no lies and making gun noises. And you just think, OK, this is absurd that we're giving these things to our kids. And no matter what form they're in, you know, once it got into the mainstream, and everybody became aware of it, not just the not just parents and media, but the toy companies. Did you did you guys get caught? Did you get into trouble? Uh, never got in trouble. Never. Um, I mean, the the toy companies released statements, but I never even got a cease and desist letter for that project. In the 25 years since then, uh, have things actually gotten any better? Or do you think today's toys need a liberation? I mean, at the level of um, of culture, I think things have continued are continuing to make progressive shifts. I, I think this is the way it works with a lot of activism, um, especially symbolic actions. Every project is a failure. Every single one fails, but ultimately they contribute to movements that win. I really appreciate it, and uh, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That was Pedro Mendez speaking with Mike Bonanno, who was uh, involved in the Barbie Liberation Organization. Well, now uh, Dola Farhi, a hacker for the uh, side of good, is coming over to my house with a my friend Kayla doll, as well as a cute, cute, cute Cloud Pets bunny that we've uh, bought for him and challenged him to hack to show me if, in fact, after all of the publicity that toys like this have got, whether, in fact, they're still hackable. And while we're doing this, my kids may actually be around, so I may just traumatize them in the process. <laughs> we shall see. All right, Bruce, I'll let you know how it goes. All right, good luck. So, Dolev Farhi, it's nighttime. You've come to my home with two dolls. What can you tell me about them? So we have two dolls. Uh, one is called Kayla, which is uh, just a girly kind of doll. 
um, for kids, obviously. And we should just describe Kayla. She's uh, long, blonde hair, a uh, fashionable jean jacket. Jean jacket. Some kind of white uh, Sneakers. Sneakers, pink sneakers, and, and I guess... She also comes with a nice little mirror and a brush. She for, comes with a mirror yeah. and a brush. Okay. To be honest, just like anything else in the world, things are designed for good, but can also be turned for bad things. Okay. She's... Basically, a Bluetooth device wrapped in a doll. Show me what Kayla can actually do. What, what does Kayla do out of the box? So out of the box, you put in her three AA batteries and okay. you download a simple app and you basically pair your device over Bluetooth. You pair your mobile and Kayla, just like you do when you get into your car, basically. Okay, or just or just if you got a, um, a Bluetooth speaker, it's the same, exactly. same deal? Okay. Exactly. You just pair two devices okay. over Bluetooth. Now, the, the cool thing about Kayla is that she's basically supposed to interact with, with your child. She will tell you stories, and during the story time, she will ask you questions, and you answer, and she has a pool of answers for you, depending on the questions. Okay, I'm, I'm very curious now. How are you? And can you talk back to her? I can talk to her. Hi, I'm good. How are you? You look well. Everything going okay? Everything is smooth. I have a question for you. It's something I've been wanting to ask you. Do you mind? No, go ahead. Do you like going to school? I like school. Do you like it too? I'm 30 years old, so that might be a little weird. But I did. I didn't I really like going okay. to school really... because I get to learn lots of things and see my friends. So sometimes she <laughs> she listens to what I'm saying. Yeah. Sometimes she's not waiting. It depends on the on the delay and how fast you talk. It's always terrific when we are together. Have you seen any of your friends? At- <laughs> Kayla, are you there? Kayla got disconnected. Kayla got disconnected. All yeah. right. Well, I get. I get. <laughs> I get the idea. The interesting part about this is obviously since she goes online and looks for answers, then she's she's vulnerable to any kind of network attack. So you can manipulate whatever is happening. But at the same time, on your mobile phone, you can connect and see that database. She takes basically lines from a database and you can see what she's supposed to say to a different questions. And uh, you can actually change the stories. Like I mentioned before, there's a, a go-to story time menu option. So you can actually select something and she will read the story to you, basically. So just so I have this straight, you're able to see everything that Kayla can say yes. on your phone? Yes. And, and how do you do that? And we can we can actually, I can actually show you. So you can pick a story, you have a multiple options and you can see that it's not really, it starts as a story, but it's very, it quickly turns into a weird thing. This is a fun story. Let me start. My mom and I went to the botanical gardens for her birthday. It was such a long day. I can't wait to get home, have a beer, and listen to the hackable episode with Jeff and Dolev. <laughs> so, so you hacked Kayla. So how did you do that? So like I said, it's basically a local database with uh, text that you can change however you like. And just to be clear, you're doing this all through your phone. And yeah. is, this, is this through the Kayla app that you're doing this? Yeah, this is through the Kayla app, but the modification of the stories is basically poking in the how the app works Okay, and the, the local files that it's, it's using and, and basically messing around with that. And how, how do you, how, like, can somebody just do that? It doesn't require 
deep skills or anything. But okay. if somebody actually is interested in, in mobile hacking, it's a relatively easy thing to do. Now, one of the bigger problems with Kayla is not, not basically that. It's the fact that it's a Bluetooth device. It's basically a car hands-free device yeah. where you can pair your mobile phone, your computer, whatever that is, with Kayla. Out of the box, anybody can hijack that connection okay. between your mobile phone and Kayla because there is no authentication. There is nothing that ensures that communication is done in a legitimate way. For example, I can take a different phone. So here, um, I don't have the Kayla app, but I can still interact with uh, Kayla regardless. So if I turn on this, I can see Kayla is listed under the devices. So this is just, it's just scanning for Bluetooth devices. Yes, exactly. Uh, um, and you'll see Kayla, uh, a device called Kayla. Okay. Um, and it's it's open for everybody, obviously. You can see it. You're, maybe you're, uh, a really close neighbor might be also be able to see it. Depends yeah. on the distance. But since it's a, kind of like a car handset device, it can also record things. Right now, um, I'm basically interacting with a different phone. Let's say that it's a phone of some stranger on the street. So this is just, it's just scanning for Bluetooth. Like yes, exactly. Uh, um, and you will see Kayla. So she was recording the entire time. Oh my God. What we were saying. Now, the, the problem is, um, as long as you're connected to Kayla, that's fine. But let's say that... You, your kid is in his room playing with the doll and you're living, going somewhere else and somebody's scanning for Kayla. As long as you're not connected, I can connect to it. And at that moment, I can record anything. I can actually play anything on it. I can play music on it from YouTube because it's just an audio device. So if I'm a parent and Kayla is no longer doing story time, I've taken my phone downstairs to do whatever, you as the creepy neighbor can connect to it and record whatever's happening in the exactly. room. I don't even need the, the Kayla app. That's nuts. Technically speaking, it's not a very smart device, even though it's supposed to be a smart doll. Okay. But it's it's creepy. Okay. And then I also see we have our blue rabbit, adorable bunny, bunny. cloud pets. Cloud pet works in a different way. I mean, it has the same, it's not a storytelling doll. But it's more of a, a way to, for a parent to communicate in a fun way with the kid. But what does this mean? Like, I've, I read online this was a way for parents and kids to exchange messages, but I don't actually know what that means. You can actually record a message by pressing on this red Wi-Fi-looking symbol. So on his hand, there's the, yeah, the, the classic the, Wi-Fi Yes, the classic Wi-Fi. Okay. And you click on it, it records a message, and basically what happens then is the app is sending that message to the parent. You can record a message um, on your mobile phone and basically from that moment it gets uploaded to the cloud and it just needs to click on the other hand with the blue Wi-Fi uh, symbol and then the kid can actually uh, play that message. We can, I can, we can, let's let's can try it, it. let's try it, okay. So you can see that there is a window that you can just click on the um, microphone icon. So this is the app on your phone and you yes. can record a message with the yeah. microphone. Yeah, so right now I'm recording just a message. Okay. Um, yeah. So right now I'm recording just a message. Okay. And there is a button that says send to cloud pet. Okay. You click on it and it sends the message to the device. And once it's done, there will be a red. Look at that on the doll. His little uh, bunny heart is blinking. Yeah. 
it, there is a little heart there and, and it's thinking. So that way the kid knows that there is a message waiting for him. Okay. And then how do we... Then we just click on... You press on the on the paw. Yeah. So right now I'm recording. It's just a message. Okay. So one of the problems with this is that you don't really need the app to interact with the doll, similar to Kayla. It's basically a Bluetooth device. Again, it's a microphone and a speaker. To prove that, we can just do pretty much the same like like with Kayla, where we I just use it as a... Do pretty much the same like, like with Kayla, where we, I just use it. So you've basically bugged the room. Again, this is scary for a lot of reasons. And at the same time, I think parents don't really realize that recordings are actually uploaded to the internet. Okay. I think they're more focused on, it's magical, it's amazing. Yeah. I just record messages and my kid can press on the, on the bunny and they hear my message. Okay, so I have a sneaking suspicion that those messages that go to the internet can be compromised. Am I, am so, I right? So one of the problems with the, the way CloudPat is configured or at least their servers are configured in a, in a way that there is no problem getting voice records. Okay. When you record a message and it gets uploaded, you can actually, I can actually send you a link and you can download that file, the recording yourself without needing any kind of user or password or anything like that. So what I'm watching you do on your laptop, and, and please let me know if I've got this right or not, it looks like you've been able to intercept a message as it travels from the cloud pet up to the cloud itself. And from the information you've now gathered, you can generate a insecure link that could let anybody in the world download that same recorded message without ever having to know the uh, cloud pet accounts, username or password. And at the same time, you can also actually on the fly change that audio file that, you, that the parent recorded with something else. Okay. And the end result would be the kids playing something that the parent did not record. The, the reason why um, this thing is so uh, severe is, let's say I'm a malicious user and yeah. I don't have any kid, any kids at all, but I can see how the program um, works and I can actually retrieve um, other kids' messages or their parents' recordings. So I don't think I actually want to do this, but I want to know whether it's possible. Now that you've been able to create a URL that has a link to that message, would you, in theory, be able to use that same information of how that link was created to find a stranger's message? Yes, you could. And and one of the things that that happened with CloudPet, um, which was a uh, a sensation a, a sensation online, was the fact that they had a database which was storing all that information. And that database itself was um, vulnerable. And people were able to access that database and get messages in the most easiest way, even easier than this way. But it's but having said that, and having gotten all the negative publicity, it's still vulnerable. Yes, it is. Wow, that's amazing. Well, it's amazingly horrible. <laughs> it actually is. Okay, so I I would like to do something amazingly horrible, and I have two kids downstairs. Uh, and I would feel remiss if we didn't take this opportunity to have these smart toys in my house to play some sort of practical joke on them. Will you help me out? Sure. Let's okay. do it. Let's do it. Hello, Moses. Hi. Hi, Charlie. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Yeah? Hashtag awesomely awesome slash awesome equals awesome awesome awesome. I want to introduce you to somebody. Okay. <laughs> okay. I want you to meet my friend Kayla. Sure. 
What is that? It's a doll. <laughs> that just looks kind of creepy. Do you want to hear Kayla tell you a story? Sure. Kayla, tell Moses and Charlie a story. This story is so interesting. Let me start, okay? My mom and I went to the botanical gardens for her birthday. At the gardens, we saw Charlie and Moses. They were both little stinkers and they definitely need a bath. <laughs> what? How did you do that? <laughs> Kayla knows the truth. Ah, we don't need a bath at all. It's you who really needs a bath. Do you want to say goodnight to Kayla? Good night, Kayla. Moses? Good night, Kayla. Okay. Good night, Kayla. I'm back with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. Bruce Dolev just uh he hacked the heck out of those toys. <laughs> uh super quick. And 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 just here's the behind the scenes thing. We were only gonna originally do one toy, and and we ordered him the my friend Kayla doll. And it took him about five minutes to figure out how to hack it. <laughs> and I think he wrote me, he was like, this is not going to be that. We, we need more. And so I, you know, but I got him more. It is amazing. These people just with an endless thirst for uh, for destruction. Well, I mean, it, it, and, and that's, it's funny. It's the quickness at which they could be hacked is definitely something that um, I think people should be more aware of. That it, it wasn't like some, you know, intense research project to, to hack these things. It took, a, you know, a few minutes. Well, yeah. And, and I get the feeling that, like the instructions to hack these things are also readily available online. Oh, of not course. even not not the dark web. Just just you can Google them. Yeah, they are there. I'm gonna do that right now. Let's see, <laughs> you're gonna Google how to how to hack a cloud what was, pet. What was that? Cloud pets hack. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There it is. Second page. <laughs> Second page results. Second page results. So it takes. A minimal amount of effort. Yeah, I had, I had to really page. look. I had to you had to really, really look and click. You had to click next. It's a whole thing. Well, well, one of the really interesting things as we were preparing this is I was interested in the fact that these dolls have been have been broadcast as being potentially vulnerable, but yet they're still available on Amazon. Every year, McAfee focuses on hackable gifts for the holiday season. And in a blog post about this year's list, Gary Davis, who is McAfee's chief consumer security evangelist, Quoted the stat that kind of surprised me. Uh, he said, 20% of consumers would still buy a connected device even if they knew that that device had known security vulnerabilities. I was curious as to why. So I asked Gary about that, and this is what he had to say. You know, I have no idea. You know, this is one of those things where when people get that PC, they understand what they need to do to keep it safe. When it comes to connected things, they just don't have that same security mindset. I look at my own home and I count just recently, I have 15 things. That's everything from connected uh, Christmas lights to stereos to home entertainment, you name it. About everything I have in my home is connected now. But when I buy these things, I implement them in such a way that's gonna minimize the likelihood of, of me being a victim. The one takeaway is, is Stay informed. I do wish and I do hope that at some point you know, people take this serious and instead of just buying things and, and throwing them in their homes and allowing them to be you know, part of some coordinated attack that they actually do something about it. As part of the buying process, just don't look at, is this the, the best device for, for my home or for my child or for whatever? As part of that buying process, you know, is it the most secure device? Is it a device that's gonna 
you know, protect my privacy and my security. And just have that be part of your thinking. If you do that, you're going to go, it's going to go a long ways towards minimizing the likelihood of, of you or your device being a victim. So that was Gary Davis, McAfee's chief consumer security evangelist. No, I know I, I always turned out to be the Luddite on the end of, end of the show when I tell you, Bruce, I'm not going to buy them. I'm really not going to buy one of these. <laughs> but if for some reason I decide to bring one of these beasts into my home, <laughs> what do I do so I don't get hacked? Or is the answer just to not bring one of these to- toys into my house? Well, with these, it really is just don't bring them in your house. Okay. Um, you know, uh, you've got an insecure Bluetooth with, with Kayla, right? And then with the cloud pets, I mean, you've got, you know, an, an, an insecure connection to a, a web environment that can, can easily be hacked and can easily be subverted. And this is not by any means the biggest offenders at all, right? I mean, there's, there's other toys out there that have just as many issues and there's really no way to fix it because you, you think about toys and you think, especially the new hot toys that come out, a lot of these aren't intended to be around for a long time. So you think about, you know, maybe there's a a hack for your smart TV that comes out. Well, you'll have your TV for a while. And so your TV manufacturer is more inclined to provide an update and and to fix that hack. But, you know, think about, you know, a cloud pad or something like that that's going to be around for six months, maybe maybe a year. The the vendor's not at all inclined to, to push out any sort of updates to fix those issues. Oh, interesting. Basically, if you have one of these things, is what we're saying is buyer beware. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks so much, Bruce. All right, take care. I'm Jeff Siskin, and you've been listening to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. If you're a fan of the show so far, I have some good news and some bad news for you. The bad news is that this is our very last episode of the season. But the good news is that we'll be back in the new year with a whole slew of new episodes for you. And we're pretty excited about what we have cooking. We're upping our game a bit, and we have some pretty crazily ambitious hacks. And we hope you'll stick around to hear them. And the best way to stay in the loop on when the new episodes get released is to subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And as we're putting together the new season, if you have any feedback for us on what you've heard so far, we'd love to hear from you. And you can write to us through our website, hackablepodcast.com, or you can reach out to me on Twitter or even leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We read everything you write to us and totally appreciate hearing from you. And while you're online leaving us all your thoughts, you should also check out a new website for McAfee called islandofhackabletoys.com. And you should check it out not only because there's some fun to read info on how to secure your electronic goodies, but also because while you're there, you can enter a sweepstakes to win all sorts of cool stuff, including a drone, an Amazon Fire tablet, a Google Home device, a smart doorbell, a Nest thermostat, all of which sort of reads like a list of things we've either hacked or probably will try and hack at some point in the show. So if you don't want any of these amazing prizes for their intended function, maybe they can be the star of your next hacking project. Again, that's islandofhackabletoys.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you in the new year.